Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. One of the regular parts of the Mideast prophecy update each week is the ABCs of the gospel. Though you might have been saved decades ago, this simple yet profound reminder is one that you can use to share God's love with those around you. Perhaps you should grab a piece of paper, a pencil, and jot some notes down today. God will use it this week in your life. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 13, 2019. Another interesting detail. It's at the end of Ezekiel 38 in verse 23, and it's this often missed detail that no nation, including the United States of America, will come to Israel's defense. America is not in Syria. America is nowhere mentioned unless verse 13 is a reference to the young lions of Tarshish. Again, possible, can't be dogmatic about it. But no nation comes to Israel's defense. Actually, contrary to the Prime Minister stating that Israel will defend itself by itself, here's the truth. It will be the God of Israel who defends Israel, not Israel, not the U.S. And listen to what God declares through the prophet Ezekiel in verse 23 of Ezekiel 38. He says, thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. That's why Israel will stand alone. Can I go back to that map? Of course I can. I have the I had to update it. I was just looking at this map. I mean it, just to put it into perspective. Look at how big, well, Russia's so big. This is Google Earth, right? So I did a screenshot, and I, I had to zoom way out in order to just get the the red or the yellow line and put the name Russia at the top of the slide, but 
If I could zoom out even more, Russia's like the whole thing. And then Libya, Turkey, Iran, Sudan, Ethiopia. By the way, these are the areas we know modern day. They're listed in Ezekiel 38 by their ancient names, different borders than we understand them to be in the modern day countries. But these are the areas. I mean, they're getting it from all areas. Why do I point this out? Because you're telling me that there is a prophecy in the Bible yet to be fulfilled where all of these nations, huge nations, are going to come against and invade little itsy bitsy, tiny, so tiny, even my little red circle that I put there, you like my red circle? Um, that's actually bigger than Israel. Israel's like this little sliver. Just it's, in fact, on some maps, if you do a search for maps of the Middle East, um, you can't even fit I-S-R-A-E-L in the actual land that is modern day Israel. So that what they do is they they, they do what I did, basically, and they take a little, a little arrow and they put the text Israel, and then there's an arrow pointing to this little sliver. Of, and God is saying, look at this map. They're all going to invade Israel, and they're going to be defeated. Who do you think is going to defeat them? the little red little spot right there. Wow. No. They're going to know that there's no way Israel could defend itself by itself against that unless it was God. That's the whole point. I probably could have made that point a lot sooner and a lot quicker, but I didn't. The details that we have in the Ezekiel 38 prophecy are such that they become markers of just how close we are. Here's another one. We're told in Ezekiel 38 that, that Israel will be at this place that they are dwelling confidently, militarily, economically. We can defend ourselves by ourselves. Israel is strong. We have the power. We have the spirit. Big G, little low, go, go. I mean, it just kind of like. And that's exactly what God says through the prophet Ezekiel that they will be like. There will be this confidence, this strength that they're secure and prosperous, and they are. They're so prosperous. Economically, very strong Israel. 
militarily very strong Israel. And this is exactly what we were told would happen. Everything we're told would happen is beginning to happen precisely how God said it would happen. And again, please, you'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but it doesn't matter what everyone and all the experts have to say. The only thing that matters is what God has to say. And this is what God said. He said this was going to happen. He gave us detailed prophecies. Not just for the sake of us being in the know. That's not the purpose of Bible prophecy, no. The purpose of telling us what's going to happen before it happens is so that we will believe. And that's what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 29. I have told you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am. In other words, Jesus is saying that I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so when it starts to happen, you're going to say, wow, didn't God say that was going to happen? Yeah. He said before it it would happen that it would happen. Yeah, about like 2,500 plus years before. And it's happening? Yeah. Exactly like you said it would? Yeah. Oh, it must be true. You think? No other religious writing. You cannot read the Qur'an and find any passage that has prophecy about what's going to happen, because Allah is not God, and Muhammad is a false prophet. Only God can say, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so when it happens, you'll know that I'm God. I am the Lord. It's almost like the emphasis is on I, and throughout the Old Testament to the Israelites. I am the Lord your God. It's almost like God saying, they're not your God. That's not your God. I am the Lord your God. Israel, you're going to be invaded against insurmountable, unfathomable, incomprehensible odds. And you're going to be victorious. How? Because I am the Lord, your God. That's how. That's why. And that's why we do these prophecy updates. It's to bring to the forefront these prophecies in God's Word that we were told would happen at the time of the end, because you know what? They're happening. You know what that means? It's the time of the end. And now we can take what we see happening in the world, we can connect the dots with what God said would happen in His Word, and what can we conclude from that? 
Well, Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, when you see these things begin to come to pass, here's what the believer can do. Look up and lift up your head, because your redemption draws nigh. What about the unbeliever? The unbeliever, when they see these things beginning to come to pass, things that were told would happen prior to them happening, and now they're happening, then the non-believer would believe. Because that's the good news. The gospel. Jesus came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. And aren't you glad? Could you imagine if it was just Jesus came, He was crucified, He buried, and then He rose again from the dead. Have a nice life. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> like Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. And by the way, history, His story. That's history. And there's this beautiful marriage between history and prophecy in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the Corinthians in his first epistle, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 4, says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, and here it is, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Why is it important that we know it's according to the Scriptures? Because it's according to the prophecy about the first coming of Jesus in the Scriptures. According to the prophecies about His first coming in the Scriptures, Christ died for our sins. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day, and He says it again, according to the Scriptures. You know where the first prophecy is in the Bible? Think about this. Genesis 3.15. The first prophecy in the Bible and it's when sin entered the world, and God declares this curse on the serpent, and prophesies that the seed of the woman would crush his head. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. I can't wait. Doesn't sound like you can wait either. That was a prophecy of the virgin birth. The seed of the woman? The woman doesn't have the seed. The woman has the egg. That's the virgin birth. That's the first prophecy. It's called the, known as the Proto-Evangelicum, meaning that it's the yet coming foretelling of the prophecy of the Savior that will come. Because now sin has to be paid for and Jesus Christ came and died and paid for all 
of our sin. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And he defeated death and he defeated the devil according to the scriptures. And so that's why we now have this gift. By the way, I had an interesting uh, email from a, a brother in the church. I love this guy. He always points things out to me like this. He says, stop using free gift. It's redundant. I thought about it. He's right. Free means like it was a discount. I mean, a gift by its very nature is free, right? And by the way, isn't it true nowadays, especially online, for those of us who read before we click agreeing, we just, you know, we just, you know, do you agree to the term? Do you really know what you're agreeing to? Free. Okay, click. I agree. I want free. I agree. I want free. I, I agree. And you find out you just got a free trial for 30 days. And now <laughs> all of a sudden there's a charge to your card that showed up that you agreed to. Thought it was free. So I'm not going to use the word free. It's the gift, the gift of eternal life. This is why we do the ABCs of salvation. It's a childlike explanation of salvation. And it's simply this. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned against God, that you need the Savior. This is what it means to repent. It's a change of mind. It's a turning from our sin and turning to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Whenever I do a memorial service, I always bring this up because everybody, isn't it interesting how everybody always has something nice to say about the deceased? Kind of interesting, because they never said that about them when they were alive. <laughs> oh, they were a good person. Well, you sure weren't saying that before. Oh, they were a good person. They had a good heart. Listen, you might be a good person. You might have a good heart. It'll never be good enough. There is no one that is good enough, save one. Romans 3.23 says, all, pretty much covers all, right? You look it up in the original language, you know what yeah, that word all is? All. It means everyone. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ready for some more bad news? Well, here's some more bad news, Romans 6.23. You know what the penalty is? The wage of that sin that all have sinned? Death. The death penalty. That's the bad news. Are you ready for the good news now? Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him 
from the dead. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I'm so glad it says you will. And that it doesn't say you might, or you could, or you should, or there's a good probability or likelihood. (laughs) No, you will. The jury is no longer out. The verdict is in. The penalty has been paid. He went to his death in yours and my stead. And he rose from the dead. Here's the C. Lastly, simply, call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13. For me, this was 37 years ago. I did this. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. That's the childlike explanation of salvation. And you might be watching online. And God led you to this video by His providence, by His design. It's not by accident. Or maybe you're here in this church. I make no assumptions. And quite frankly, if the truth were known, what's happening in the world today has finally got your attention. I want to say to you that today is the day of salvation. And this is the most important decision any of us will ever make in our life for eternal life. And it's a decision that needs to be taken seriously. And the ball is in your court, if I can say it that way. Loving Father in heaven, thank you for Bible prophecy. Thank you for the purpose of Bible prophecy. Thank you for telling us what's going to happen in the world at the time of the end, so that when those things start happening, Non-believers will believe, and believers will look up, knowing that your return is at the door, and our redemption draws nigh. Lord, thank you for your word, the more sure word of prophecy. Thank you that it's only you and what you say that matters in the end. And you've already said it. So Lord, I pray that we'll take heed to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you 
come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.